This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. Been attending Lake Erie Church very long, you know, or at least since I've been your pastor, we don't have that many special speakers. Uh, we've got capable speakers here in our church, and we use them quite frequently, uh, and we don't have that many special guests. But an opportunity presented itself recently uh, for us to have our special guest today. He is touring the United States uh, at this time, and it is just an honor today to have Nelson Para who is the president of the South American Theological Seminary that our church operates, contributes to. Your tithe dollars that you give go toward education, which is then given to schools like uh, the school that Dr. Para is president for. And there's something very powerful that's happening in Latin America and South America. Um, there's a tremendous revival that is taking place. Um, thousands and thousands of young people, young generations of, of young men and women are coming to the Lord. And uh, Pentecostal churches in South America are the fastest growing movement religiously in the world. Uh, there's something happening in South America. I've had the privilege uh, since 2008 uh, to travel to almost every one of the countries uh, in South America and to see firsthand uh, what God is doing there. God is raising up a generation. And South America literally is sending missionaries around the world now. Uh, some of my friends that uh, I met in Central America back in the early 2000s, they are now, they are now distributed, some of them in places where their presence is uh, a threat to their life. In fact, I'm thinking of one missionary couple that I love so very dearly that uh, we don't communicate uh, through some means of communication because we believe that's being monitored. Not that I'm anything. I mean, nobody's worried about what I'm saying, but for the, for the protection of my friend, we're extremely careful how we communicate because he's in a uh, in that 1040 window, Muslim countries, where it is against the law to preach the Christian faith. And if they're caught, of course, they are subject to be killed. Uh, not too long ago, you probably saw where many of them were beheaded uh, in Egypt. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's a critical thing that God is doing. And uh, Nelson Para is at the very forefront of that. He is training and developing young leaders. We talk about Generations Matter. Well, in South America, it's being proven, lived out. And, uh, and we're so excited that he could be here today. Um, he and I talked about a translator. He, does, he is bilingual, uh, but he's concerned that some of you uh, might have some challenge with uh, his English. We tried to get a translator, was not able to get one for uh, the service, and so he he is just very mindful of that. What he doesn't know is that there are several of us in the church who are bilingual. We speak English and hillbilly, and those two languages help us to be a bilingual um, 
Any hillbilly speakers in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him when he came in, I said, my, my Spanish is so very limited. And I gave him just a phrase or two that, I, that I've learned over the years. But would you help me welcome Dr. Nelson Para, who's coming to bring the word of the Lord to us this morning. Oh, God, have mercy of you guys today. <laughs> so much power in this room, eh? Uh, I love this. Uh, you say it, I believe it, it's done. Yes. Yeah? Uh, this, this one was the second guy that I say hello today. I didn't know that you played the piano. Well, you, you don't know what you're doing, right? You are worshiping the big guy. Yeah. Hey, man, I feel so much blessed today. Um, thank you, Pastor. Uh, your wife as well. Um, I have to confess something that probably you don't know, and probably the church don't know about this. I'm the result of your past investment in South America. You hear what I'm saying? So um, not many people had the opportunity to say thank you to a church where I've never been. So I'm blessed to say thank you, you all, uh, because uh, a big part of my ministry is the result of what you have done in South America before. There is nine different projects that Pastor Bill and the church has been investing in, in South America. So I'm part of it. So thank you, church. I really, really appreciate that. So. Uh, and I have a secret to tell you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. So please don't let me go down before I say the secret to you. Okay? Is that is that a deal? Yeah. Okay, excellent. So let me read the Bible first, and um, we have this uh, PowerPoint that is gonna help me. It's like like the crutches, you know. I have the legs, but I need the crutches today. <laughs> um, let me say. Uh, first, dear Lord, we are here. Thank you for this great opportunity. Thank you for uh, Lake Erie Church. Thank you for the pastors, the leaders. And thank you for giving me this blessing to be here and share your word to this beautiful church. We love you, Jesus. Amen. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 1 to verse 5. And, uh, you know, uh, many years ago, I'm talking about more than 20 years ago, I was working uh, selling timeshare. <clears throat> and obviously I need to memorize all the screen to share the people what I was saying. So the good thing when you don't speak good English is the other people are like this. They are paying more attention than normal, you know? So I hope that you have the same um, attitude. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. I'm sorry, I have to control myself, but I, it's, I'm so excited. And, and the most beautiful thing is the secret I have for you at the end, okay? You will love that secret. But the, 
okay, the condition is you have to keep it forever, okay? So don't allow to go out of Ohio, okay? <clears throat> the Bible said it, just, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judah, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he put water, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. All of this happened the day before his crucifixion, in moments of great tension and concern. Jesus was about to experience a terrible death, and he knew it. The end of this, of his earthly life, had almost come. A period of anguishing agony was approaching. At the moment of the hardest test that he had to face, it was those moments of tension where Jesus gave us an example of tenacity, loyalty, and courage. Not only he gave us an example of how to become intentional and consistent in our love for God's call, but also in our responsibility as a children of God. So everybody knows that we're going to die eventually. But it's different when you know that in the next couple of days, you're going to die. So in the same way he did, we must be aware of the call that God has given us. We must be aware of the mission we have. Likewise, we must be intentional in our commitment to God and consistent in our daily testimony. This is because the scripture says that we are open letters of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody is watching us. Everybody's judging us. Everybody's saying something about you. That's why you have to be careful of the way you are behaving in front of people. Because you are showing what Jesus did in your life. And there is no excuses. We have to provide the testimony to the world. But now, what was in his mind in the moment previous to his crucifixion? What was he thinking? What was he thinking about his disciples, his mother, his brothers? What he felt and how he faced such a test. We will talk about this considering this scripture. Jesus knew four important things at the same time of his most important task. And I want you to know these four things so you can put them in your spiritual backpack today and use them for the rest of your life. 
Listen carefully. Four things that you will never forget. Never. And those four things are going to give you the victory in Jesus Christ under any circumstances or any difficulties you may be experiencing today. Is anybody experiencing an illness? Is anybody experiencing depression? Is anybody experiencing anxiety? He said, you believe, it's done. Four things that were essential for him and made Jesus to complete his task. And these four things is pretty much what I'm teaching to my 45 students living in campus in semi-suit. I'm not only directing the semi-suit, but uh, what should I say like this? To change this slide? Okay. <laughs> I love that. You see that? Okay, Semisud was born in the heart of God in 1982, but established in Ecuador in 1993. May the 3rd, 1993, uh, I decided to obey the God's call in my life and say, okay, God, I'll do it. And I never imagined what's going to happen after that. So you never imagine what's going to happen if you say, God, yes, I'll, I'm going to. So this is our beautiful place, and, <clears throat> and I know now that there is a group with Dustin that is coming to Ecuador on May, on July, right? So I say, hey, Dustin, don't forget to step by the semi suit because we want to prepare something for you guys. And you are always welcome to come to semi suit. Uh, <clears throat> so, oh, that's my beautiful wife, Olga. She's... Um, she's going to hate me because she's not, she didn't come today. Uh, but she is my best part. Um, Capilla del Valle, which is in English like Chapel's Valley. That's the church that initially was created for the student to practice for their ministry. Now we have over 600 people uh, all around the community uh, in the Valle de los Chillos, that's what it's called. There is no translation for that, I'm sorry. Um, the students are working in the church, uh, visiting um, communities around the church, even in the mountain of the Cotopaxi. Uh, it's an active volcano. Actually, today, many people are scared about it because it's smoking a lot. Uh, but nothing wrong with the Bobby's ministry place. There is no high risk over there, so you don't have to worry about it, okay? Okay, Bobby? Okay, delete that part, please. Um, okay. So, all the students... Um, okay, the next one, I'm sorry. The next one. Oh, okay, okay, good. I'm going to focus on that one. So the students are making their work over there. So let's start with the first thing that Jesus knew in the moment of the difficulty, in the moment of crisis. So you know what he knows, and you can use this constantly to overcome any situation you may be experiencing. Verse 1 says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. The first thing is Jesus knew that his hour had come. Let me tell you something important. 
the couple finally gets married, the student finally graduates, the engine finally starts, the baby is finally born, the tree finally births its fruit. Everything that exists in life has an end point, a determining hour, a key moment. So Jesus knew that his hour had come. Jesus knew that the moment had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. Dear brothers and sisters, likewise, we will have a specific time in our life. You know it, I know it. But during our current life, there is a specific point where we will have to give an account to the Father. There is no escape, and we know it. Probably, uh, there is somebody knocking on the door of your heart, but this is the right moment to say, okay, this is my time to do the God's will. There is also a defining moment in our life today. God is calling you. Somebody needs to listen to this. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for doing the God's will? Probably this is the day that you need to return to the Father. You are hearing that someone obviously is knocking the door of your heart. So please open the door and you will experience the real life in your life. It is time to return to the Father. It is time of repentance. It is time to reconcile with God and get back to his purpose. The time has come to return home and surrender everything to the author of life. It's time to tell him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Please forgive me. The time has come to bear fruit of repentance. The time has come to pray fast. The time has come to abandon that vice. The time has come to be faithful to your family. The time has come to look for your children. The most important time of your life has arrived today. Listen, I went, I went to, the, to the church for the first time when I was 14 years old. There is only four people in that little church. And I was walking because I saw a girl that I liked. So, yeah, I was walking. You won't believe but my hair was like this. And I, I was using earrings. I was completely lost at, at the age of 14 years old. And then I stand up in the door of that little church and the pastor who I love him, because he was brave, he started preaching to me. And he called me. And he said to me, what do you reserve for the life you have been living until today? I said, uh, the dead. And that night, I gave my life to Christ. And that particular night, I was dreaming. And God talked to me in my dreams, saying, no matter what happened to you, you're never going to leave me. So that day, there was no radio, there were no TV, there were no internet, but my decision took me to this place today. Believe me, I didn't know that when I was 14 years old, when, I, when I'm going to be 53 today, I'm going to be preaching in Lake Erie Church. That's amazing. That's amazing. The book of Job says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. 
accept instruction from his mouth and laid up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove weakness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of offer to the rocks in the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold. They chose silver for you. Surely then you will find the delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. This is the first thing that you need to know. And this is what our students are giving to God. They obey the God's will. They obey the God's calling. They left their families in their countries and they came to Semisud to be prepared for the ministry. I wanted to show you um, uh, a video, good. So you got the video, the rescue video. This is only three of the... Let me tell you about what drives us here at Semisud. The reason why we continue to move forward with the mission that we have to train men and women to impact the world. Let me tell you about Alejandra. Alejandra is a young girl who came to Semisud very early at 17 years old. She started her studies and she had lost her parents early in her life, but had this deep calling to serve God. And against a very strong odds, she decided to come to Semisud and to study and follow that calling, follow that passion. Not only did Alejandra finish her studies, she also finished as the best in her class. And she is now studying her master's degree. Let me tell you about Sabrina. Sabrina is a young girl who has deep challenges regarding her health. She is a patient that goes through dialysis every week. But when she heard about Semisud, the calling in her heart just stirred up. And Sabrina tried to question and just to answer, can I do more? In spite of my challenges, can I be someone who can be useful for the ministry of God. And she came, she studied with us. And as she studied, she had to struggle with her health many times, but Sabrina finished her studies and is now moving forward and testifying to so many that you should never let any challenge stop you from following the calling that God's, God puts in your heart. Let me tell you about Klaus and Taina a young married couple who were professionals in their country of Brazil, but felt this calling of the Lord to dedicate themselves to full-time ministry. They came to Semisud and decided to follow this calling that they have to be pastors. So while they were here, they were able to serve in a church pastoring. They also had a baby, little Noah, who is so precious and became the baby of everyone here at Semisud. And while being here, they were also able to help students as they were moving forward in their ministries. This is the impact that Semisud has. And let me tell you, it is the reason 
why we continue to come back every day and serve God here at Sensu. You can be part of that because as we often say, it's about believing in one so we can impact millions. Amen. So you already know the first thing that Jesus knew in the moment of difficulties. It's time to return to his father. So remember, every time you experience some difficulties or any illness or any situation really bad, remember that's the opportunity to get back to the father. That's the opportunity to say, Jesus, you live in my heart. You own my life. I'm yours. Amen. The second thing that Jesus knew in the moment of the test, the verse, uh, the part B of the first verse says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus was aware of the love he owned to his disciples. He loved them, some version says, to the fullest of love. He loved them to the end. Now, think for a moment about those whom Jesus called to be his disciples. They were not necessarily good examples of humanity. As a matter of fact, they were tax collectors who were hated in that time. Well, some of them are hated today as well. Uh, some were illiterate and not well-educated. People with behavioral problems, emotional problems, with impulsive behavior, and in some cases, not very loyal. Well, at the end, they all abandoned him. They all run like chickens in the moment of truth. So I asked myself, so why did Jesus choose these people? Why he didn't choose like a good team, like a lawyer or doctor, an architect, an engineer, wouldn't that have been better for him? But that's my perspective. That's the way I think. But thanks God, he's not thinking like me. I've been pastoring for over 30 years after I graduated in semi-suit 28 years ago. In fact, I'm the first ex-alumned ex-student of semi-soothing having this position. But being a pastor <clears throat> allowed me to know many sheep, but also many lambs, naughty, disobedient, some of those that one would not want to be a pastor. And you know, pastor, sometimes the sheep, they push your button, right? <clears throat> Especially those that are smiling, those are the ones that push your button, right? I just say. Believe me, I have a couple of chips that I say, oh, dear Lord, why you don't take them? If you don't take them, I will send them to you. I'm just kidding. So I ask God, why you call them, Lord? And my precious Jesus took me to the Bible and the Bible says that he called unto him those he wanted. So the ultimate reason exists in his own heart. 
So God calls you because he wanted. it. There is no title in the middle. There is no good looking in the middle. There is nothing special about you. The reason why you are here is because God wants you to be here. That's the reason. So God has a bigger motive than our motives. So the deep love that is in him, that's the real motive. And despite their flaws, despite their betrayals, although they deny having been with him, the Bible said that he loved them to the end. He prayed saying, I do not ask you for the world, but for those you gave me because they are yours. Look at the level of the words uh, God is using in the Bible to refer to you. You belong to God and God is going to love you to the end. There is no way that something happened to you because God loves you. You know that you are so expensive? Oh, yeah. I'm so expensive. Nobody of you can buy me. And I can't buy you because you are extremely expensive to the point that God, the Father, gave his own son to pay for your life. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. So the Bible says, oh, oh, better, the question is why I am surrounded by the people I live with? Why do I have the family I have? Why do I belong to the church I am with now? Do you love your mother and father despite their mistakes? Do you love your wife or husband despite their flaws? Do you love your pastor? Do you love the leaders? Our mission is to love and see others with compassion like Jesus did. So no matter what your brother or sister is doing, no matter if you like it or not, your work, and this is the second thing that you need to know, is you need to love them to the end, to the fullest of love. Amen? Say to the one next to you, I love you, brother or sister. <clears throat> Amen. So let's go to, uh, to the next one, please. You know, a couple of, couple of uh, weeks ago, actually it was March the 23rd, there was a big uh, catastrophe in uh, very, very close to uh, our location. It's called Alausi. Um, so Semisud is also part of the effort to help the victims because there was a um, I don't know how to say this, uh, a slide or, and killed like 43 people and left like 160 houses under the ground. So all the kids, um, the students are helping these communities, helping the children. Most of the children, they have not seen any book in their life. Uh, some of our students are providing food, toys, recreation. Uh, they are taking the gospel message for them. So they are doing the job. So that's demonstrating that we love our community. We love the church. We love what we do in Semisud. This another, oh yeah, that's the one. So every Saturday in the morning, we're going to the big plaza. Uh, well, that's, well, yeah, there is in U.S., 
Uh, sometimes they put a big market in the plaza, in the public plaza. So that's what we call over there La Plaza Pública. Um, so we are taking sandwiches and providing food and at the same time preaching the gospel. So we have a couple of people that has came to the church and they are Christian now and they are serving the Lord thanks to the work the Semisud is doing. This is beautiful. This happened a month ago where all the women, did I say good? Women ministry, they retired and they were in the semi-suit for three days looking for the God's presence and the Holy Spirit uh, poured himself in this beautiful group. And I have to say, I don't know why when we as a men's plan something, it doesn't work as well as when the women of the church do the work. You know, so, so uh, Pastor, I, I know you know this, but uh, women, you are so precious in this church. Believe me. Uh, anything you do, you do it okay. I, rem I remember Brother David Ramirez were in a big pastor meeting with all the wives, and uh, he was proposing something, and he said this, well, Pastor, if you won't believe this, let me talk to your wife. She will do it with no, no problem, with no obstacles. So, okay, good. Okay, so the first one is your time has come to return to the Father. The second one is you know to love, you, you need to love your brothers and sisters, family, wife, pastor, leaders, no matter what. Love them because that's your mission, okay? That's the second thing in your backpack, spiritual backpack. Let's go with the third one. The third one says, verse 2, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judah, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. I'm going to tell you this clearly. I'm not going to say anything for me. Listen, Jesus knew who his enemy was. Our enemy are not the people. Your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not your family. Listen carefully, young people. Your enemy is not your father or your mother. Our enemy is not the pastor or the leaders of the church. Don't get confused. The Bible said that our fight is not against people, but against principalities and power of darkness. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to read the Bible. You need to use the faith, the shield of faith, right? And the sword, which is the word of God. But, but listen carefully, because many people have the Bible, but they don't do the exercise every day, just in case if you need to attack the devil, they don't do this every day, but you have to practice. There is no any way to develop a spiritual muscles coming to the church only on Sundays. You got it? Okay. There is no way to develop bicep, tricep spiritually if you came to the church once in a while. If you read the Bible once in a while. In order to pick up the, the shield of faith, you need to every day practice. Every day. I know you have faith. I know you have faith. But sometimes in the moment of the truth, when you're trying to lift the shield of faith, you are not strong enough to lift it up. 
And that's a problem because you are not practicing every day. So you need to practice with both hands, both sizes, the shield of faith and the sword, which is the word of God. Is that correct? Are you following me? Okay, so when the time comes up, so you are prepared to defend yourself using the word of God and swagate. You got it, right? Now I'll tell you this. There is no faith if there is no word of God. So you cannot do this. I believe God. I believe. I believe. Look, look at me. I believe. I believe. There is no faith right there. The faith is the result of reading the Bible. That's what the Bible says, right? If you don't read the Bible, if you don't take intentionally a couple of verses of the Bible to be applied in your life, there is no faith. Let's pretend that you are in front of the judge. Hey, judge, listen, I'm not a bad person. Can you please help me? Please? Please? So the judge is going to say, who is this guy? Send it to the jail. But when you came to the judge and you use the Bible and you say, according to the Bible, I mean, I have no job, but the Bible says that God is my provider. So, Father, can you help me? Because the Bible said that you will help me in the difficult moments. So the Father is going to say, this is the right guy. That's faith. So please do the exercise all the time. As a matter of fact, when you exercise with the sword, that is the word of God, when the devil comes to you and he see your muscle thing, you know, your spiritual muscle things, this brother plant this brother and all the family reunion, the devil is going to say, oh, no, I don't have anything to do with this guy. Amen. Hallelujah. So you must go to the gym every day. Read the Bible. We are blessed to live in this time where you can read the Bible when you are driving your car. I mean, not reading, reading, but you can listen, listen the Bible. That's, that's nice. Isn't that amazing? That's so cool. <laughs> and, and you can pray when you are driving, but don't close your eyes. You can pray. You can practice so you will be able to pick up the sword and the shield. That was the third thing. The devil is no the people. You know who is. So in order to fight against him, you need to be prepared with, you know, the uh, hamlet. You know what the Ephesians say? I don't know the right words, but the hamlet, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of the faith, the sword of God. God gives us everything. I mean, if you're not using it, that's your problem. And then don't say, oh, God, what I did. No. Use the words. Use the shield. Use the hamlet. Use the shoes. Use the, the other thing that you're putting here in front of you. Use them for the name of the Lord. All right. Yeah, I like that one. Who say, oh, yes, I love that thing. Okay. Okay, control yourself. <clears throat> Oh, I remember this, this actor, actor, 
uh, is Colombian. Um, Sofia Vergara, she said, oh, you should hear me in Spanish, that is matter. <laughs> okay, fourth. Let's go with the fourth one. So we got three, right? Which one is the first one? It's time to get back to the Father, right? The second one, you love the others to the end. The third one, your enemy. You know who your enemy is. Fight against him, not against the people. Oh, pastor, it's because my boss hates me. It's not your boss. It's the devil that wants to cut your head. That's why you need to be aware of it. Read the Bible. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. He's dead. All right, the fourth one. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. It's not precious. It is so precious. Jesus knew who he was, where he came from, and he knew where he, has, he was going to. He knew very well what his mission was. He knew the reason for his existence. There is unfortunately many brothers and sisters that they have no idea what they're doing in the church. Do you know who I am? Do you know who you are? He knew his destination. He knew that his origin was the father, but that the father was also his main goal. But the question here is, do you know who you are? Church, do you know who you are? Do you know what price was paid by you? Do you know where you were born again? Are you aware of your mission and why are you here? Do you know what your destination is? Some don't know. Do you know and are you sure about your salvation? Do you know what God has put in your hands? All the power of pray, all the powers to make miracles, all the powers to speak about Jesus and save others? Do you know what you are made of? Let me clear it up in case you don't know. The Bible said that you are not only expensive, it has been necessary that God save you in order to do something with you. So the idea is not just to come every Sunday to the church and stay right there, warm a little bit the seat, and that's it. No, there is more than that. Anything that you are experiencing right now, God has more for you. More for you. You know how many people has not been saved just because you are not talking about the testimony in your life? Pay attention. Pay attention. The Bible says that you are saved with a purpose in your life. Now, do you know what are your spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit? Oh, I didn't know that I have some gifts. Yes. 
The Bible said that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people acquired by God with a clear and defined purpose to announce the virtues of the one who called you. You are born of the water and the spirit. You have been born again in Christ the Lord. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's huge. Your mission is to be a worshiper, church. Is to be a worshiper. In any situation, in any circumstances, under any crisis, just worship God. You are sick, worship God. You have no job, worship God. Your family has some conflictive situation, worship God. Worship God. You have no food, worship God. Worship. Worship because worship, there is power in the worshiping to God. There is so much power in the worshiping to God. When you worship, something happens in heaven between demons and angels. But when you are worshiping to God, the angels are winning the fight for you. Because you are worshiping. But the problem is, the problem is that you are not worshiping in the crisis, in the moment of crisis. You are, no, worship the Lord. Read the Bible. Confess that the Lord is the Lord for real. And then you will get the victory, church. You will get the victory. Believe me. Your mission is to go around the world talking about what Jesus did in your life. You know what is glorifying Jesus? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit know the Father and he glorified the Father because he's going to speak about the Father. So glorifying the Lord is speaking of what Jesus is doing in our life. So you want to glorify the door? It's not about... It's not, a matter of saying, oh, I glorify you, Lord. No, speak about what the Lord is doing in your life. Amen. Your task is to go and preach the gospel in every culture. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you should also know that he said, listen carefully, he said, behold, I'm with you every day until the end. That's, that's amazing. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with you. So four things that Jesus knew and that you should know too. Likewise, our students in Semisun, they should know these four things. And they have a clear, a clear movie of this. The first one, your time has come. Love yours to the end. Your enemy is not the people. And you belong to God the Father. Now, knowing these four things that you already have in your backpack, spiritual backpack, the Bible says, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he put water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, the Bible said that knowing, knowing this, Jesus began to, <clears throat> to wash the feet 
of his disciples. And I know you hear this many times, or you have read this in the Bible many times. But let me ask you this. Isn't this the greatest expression of service? Are you agree with me? Yes. So is this the best example to follow? Yes. So the eternal creator of the universe washing the feet of his friends. In this way, pay attention to this, okay? This way was the way in which he tied him to us and told us that we cannot do it alone. So we depend from each other in the church. So we are here because we are one in Christ the Lord. And I'm going to finish with this story. This is, this is a nice story about a Mexican girl. Um, her name is Carla Willock. Uh, she was the only uh, woman, Latin American woman, in um, climb the Everest mountain twice in a period of 10 years. I say this because, first of all, that's the only Latin American woman doing this. She already retired, but she has many things to say about the mountain. And she says something that I wanted to share with you. She said that the second time she was about to climb the mountain, with a group of 20 climbers. Is that what you say, right? Climbers. Um, the Sherpa, which is the native guy of that area, uh, he was about to guide the 20 uh, people group. He said, we can go to the top of the mountain, but we need to tie each other. Naturally, there is some guys in a good physical condition that they say to the Sherpa, listen, um, I'm in a good condition. I don't need to be tied to nobody. Uh, I can do it by myself. I mean, I'm with the group just in case, but I can do it by myself. And the Sherpa says, no, we have to be tied each other. Otherwise, nobody's going to go to the top of the mountain because that's impossible. In fact, if you go, you will see a couple of frozen bodies of people that try to get to the top and they die in the attempt to do it. So after a couple of hours of the shepherd trying to explain this to the full group, to the whole group, everybody agreed. Some of them, okay. So some of them were watching Carla and they were saying, but why we need to be tied to this girl? Uh, she's a woman. She's going to delay the process. She's weak. That's what some of them says. And Carla was telling this story, and she said, that's something that I have to be uh, dealing with. But anyway, everybody started their journey. And after many hours of climbing the mountain, uh, it was about three or two or three hours before the top of the mountain, and there was a big snowstorm in the process. And unfortunately, Carla uh, slipped of the route and she fell. But because she was tied to others, that helped her to not go deep in, in the falling process. 
And also, when she was falling, there was a rock in the mountain that stopped her falling. So you see, sometimes rocks are not bad. Sometimes rocks in the way save your life, right? Yes or not? Yeah. So, but because she was tied, um, she didn't fall too far. But her instinct, survival instinct, made her to try to use fingers, feet, everything to get back to the road. After a couple of minutes of doing this in the middle of a snowstorm, uh, she, she saved her own life and the other two that was, were tied to her. And then when she get to the road, she was saying, oh, what happened is because I fell. And nobody was paying attention to her. And she was like, Sherpa, what happened is because I fell. And nobody was paying attention to her. Hey, listen, guys. <laughs> it's because I fell. And the Sherpa came to her in the middle of the storm. And, she, and he said, okay, just walk. And she said she understood in that moment that it's not a matter of saying your bad story always and re-victimize yourself just walk just walk just walk just walk just worship just read the bible just keep doing it just keep doing it and listen listen church i don't know if you are, you are one of those guys that wants to be alone in the church this church can save your life eventually oh yes oh yes I remember at the end of the story of Carla, she says, when I get to the top, there was a guy that got first over there, and he was like, just, just sitting right there, like this. And what Carla, actually that one was one of the guys that at the very beginning says, I'm in a good physical condition, I don't need nobody. So when she, she, got, she got in the second place, on the top of the mountain. And when she found him kind of sad, the guy saw her and the guy was like, oh, hey. So she says, when you get the victory by yourself, there is nothing good about it. When you don't share your success in the Lord, there is nothing good about it. But when you share your success, the success and the blessing expand to everyone. So I don't believe in superheroes. There is no superheroes in the church. We are the superheroes followed by the big superhero named Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I forgot about the PowerPoint. Can you? Well, okay. This um, semi-sue had different programs in different parts of South America. And we have a couple of graduations. This is in Peru. Uh, the guy in the corner is the director of education. As a matter of fact, uh, seven out of the nine director of education in South America are ex-students of semi-sue, which is good. Okay, the next one, please. Okay, the next one. Okay, this is so precious. Uh, our beautiful students, uh, all of them preparing for the ministry. You know, God is doing something especially with women in the ministry. 
They are doing amazing things. Amazing things. Okay, go to the next one. Okay, this is uh, the visitation of the scholar leaders. We are working very hard in the process of getting better administrative, financially. We need to take the semi-su to another level, uh, a highest level. Go to the next one. Okay, I'm gonna share this video with you. I hope you enjoy the video. It's um, part of the sermon. Since 1982, Semisud has been compromised in the mission of forming leaders, pastors, teachers, educators, all around South America and the world, impacting our generations. Siempre me imaginé el poder inspirar y acompañar a otros. Desde niña crecí siendo parte del ministerio y amaba como mis referentes de vida acompañaban el crecimiento de las personas. Así que yo siempre le pedí a Dios que cuando creciera quisiera ser esa persona. Y sé que hoy en Semisud es ese puente para llegar a ese sueño. Este es el lugar que Dios ha usado durante muchos años en Sudamérica para transformar miles de vidas a través de la palabra. Y yo soy feliz aquí. Yo vim desde el Brasil con mi corazón cheio de sonhos, de proyectos, mas también de dúvidas. Y no me arrependo, ni por un segundo, de, ver, de ter vindo para ser mi sueño. Nunca imaginé estar en este lugar rodeado de personas llenas de conocimiento. Cuando niño, algunos de los maestros de Semisud salían por televisión y yo los veía. Ellos me inspiraron a estudiar teología. Hoy son mis maestros, pero también son mis amigos. Me enseñan no solamente en el área académica, sino también en el área espiritual. Soy de una generación inspirada por grandes maestros y que quiere inspirar a las siguientes generaciones. Este es un seminario que bendice, que transforma y cumple sueños, así como lo ha hecho conmigo. El seminario Semisud no es un concepto, no es una idea, es una realidad que está en el corazón de Dios e inspira a los futuros líderes que llevan un mensaje de esperanza. If you are looking for a place to sow and fulfill the God's dream of winning souls for the kingdom, and if you believe in one of our students, that will help to reach millions of people. Somos con mi esposo directores nacionales de educación allá en nuestro país y soy, y soy ex alumna de Semisud. Mi nombre es David Laureiro, soy de Uruguay, director nacional de educación. Estudié aquí en el Semisud año 2006-2009. Durante el 2010 y el 2012, Semisud me acogió, me inspiró y me equipó para diseñar el futuro que hoy estoy viviendo. Actualmente dirigimos un equipo de trabajo que planta por promedio de 1.500 iglesias al año. Todo gracias al trabajo de nuestra casa Semisud, quien forma discípulos para hacer discípulos.
Thank you for believing in the dream of God in me in my country. Your support strengthen our hope. We are saying soon. Okay, dear church, thank you for your hospitality. And I'm going to finish saying this. Um, you know, the value of the dollar in South America is enormous, enormous. We have different academic programs. The basic one is the uh, pastoral theology. Pastoral theology, um, if you want to study there, uh, including uh, living in campus, tuition, everything, food, everything. Every student pay around $225 a month. Uh, $225 a month is money. I know you are not finding every morning $200 under the pillow, right? But in South America, that's like a dream. It's a lot of money because of the devaluation of the money in different countries. I have around 300 people in the list that they want to come to semi-suit and prepare for the ministry. And despite we are giving a couple of scholarships, we don't have enormous capacity to help everyone. That's the reason I'm here. And I'm closing today my visit to Ohio State. But um, I'm very thankful for this opportunity. Pastor, thank you very much. And I have to say, when I saw the records of all the donors in semi-suit, Ohio State has been a big part of this semi-suit process. So I got in my hands a little flyer made by the students. It is a QR code that you can use with your phone. And if you want to help someone, if you believe in one of our students, you can help us to reach millions of people. Outside, there is a, a table where I have a couple of material, and there is a list of some of the students that they are not able to pay a penny in semi-suit. If you want to sponsor one of them with anything, even $20, $50, if you can pay $225 for two years, that would be amazing. Believe me, I'm the one that is result of the effort of this church and many other churches. So thank you very much. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Pastor. Thank you very much. Once in a while in your life, you're going to come face to face with one of those opportunities that we talked about um, last Sunday. God graciously and lovingly positions you in a place where he says, here's an opportunity. 
I didn't plan to do this, but here's what I would like to do. I want the ushers to get ready at the door. Pastor Leah, if you would make sure your team is at the door. I want to raise enough money to start so that Lake Erie can sponsor one of those kids. So this morning, we'll, we'll raise at least $225 because Shelly is going to give the first 100 because she's got a checkbook. I don't have my checkbook, but she's got hers. We're going to give. We're going to raise that first, and then we'll sponsor this year. You pick out, you pick out a worthy student and make sure that we get their name. Not only will we not only will we do that, but we will also pray over that student at least three times every week. Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, our prayer team will pray over them. And then on Sunday morning, our prayer team will meet. We'll pray over that student. There was a message preached one time in my presence that forever changed my mindset. And the message was entitled, Do for One what you wish you could do for everyone and God will do for everyone through that one. That's the theme of believing one for reaching millions. So I want you to join with me in that and I want us to pray together before we walk out of here today. Again, one of those moments that God just dropped in the lap of Lake Erie. Just a couple of weeks ago, I got a phone call that Dr. Parra was going to be in the area. Would I like for him to come by? Now, I don't even know if you know this or not, Dr. Parra, but I have an honorary doctorate from Simisu. I am actually an alumnus. So of, this is one of our students. Yes. I think my bill is caught up. Um, Actually, we are planning to have a, a leader a course or conference to invite you, brother. That's part of the plan. Tra traveling throughout South America, I saw firsthand what God was doing through this university. And my good friend, David Ramirez, who you met a number of months ago. And I just believe it's something that God will do. God will honor that. He will bless it. And uh, so would you stand with me, please? And let's just extend our hands toward the platform today and we pray this prayer of dismissal that God will do great things through Dr. Para and the team that is there, the dedicated missionary leaders, some of our students, some of our kids are going to be on that campus and they're going to see firsthand. And, uh, and I, I know God has good things in store. An opportunity. If 12 people were to be so led, we could cover that kid for the whole, that student for the whole year. Just one time. One time. 12 times. An opportunity. Now, Father, I thank you today. I thank you for what has happened in this room. It's, it's not been the normal. It's been the extraordinary. 
thank you for a good man who loves you, saved by your grace, who came and brought the message to us today. I pray, Lord, that you will bless him and protect him in his travels and favor him by helping him to meet the right people to accomplish the mission that you have given him for his life. And Lord, I pray for Lake Erie Church and its partnership with this great school and with some student that is yet to be chosen. But God, you already know. You already know. Just like you separated Paul and Barnabas at Antioch and sent them out on three missionary journeys and everywhere they went, Antioch went with them. Some student in this school will preach the gospel and Lake Erie Church will be there. So Father, we thank you for every dollar that will be received in this offering today and in the months and years to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you for being with us today. We encourage you to drop an offering off as you go on. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Oh, oh hold, hold on, hold on. He wants to give you the secret. Okay. Uh, I never, never preach in English in my entire life. This is the first time. So thank you, guys. You did very well. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.